welcome along to this week's edition of the Irish Golfer Podcast. Peter Finnan here, joined as always by Ronan McNamara, who's changed his on-screen name. That just drew me. Good man, Ronan. Your mum. <laughs> What's the crack? And uh, Mark McGowan. How are you, Mark? Good. This is a novel situation here. All three of us doing remote, doing remote working. Yeah, exactly. No, no. It could catch on. It could catch on now. It's good. Uh, but no, lots to get through. We're a little bit late coming out this week because there was so much going on on Monday. I know, Ronan, you were ready on Monday. You're giving it all that. But uh, yeah, we had so much going on with uh, new live signings and a lot of stuff happening. So we said we'd leave it a few days, let things flesh out a little bit and wait till we had the... Uh, press conferences over at Pebble Beach and uh, all the live announcements just to really get stuck into what's been going on so yeah plenty to chew the fat on this week uh, before we get stuck in this podcast is brought to you in association with Concept Golf visit conceptgolf.ie um, they're based up in Blanchestown so for all of your custom fit uh, if you have indoor simulation needs, get in, play a bit of game when the weather's so bad outside, or if you just want some uh, general lessons. So Marco Mahoney's the man to chase up there. They have a membership model. You can check it all out on their website. So conceptgolf.ie. But uh, Roy, where do we start with this, lads? We have to start with Live Golf. Yeah, um, a lot's happened the last couple of days. Obviously, uh, golf's worst kept secret was... Terrell Hatton was going to go to live and obviously join up with John Ram's team. They're called the Legion XIII. So, God, that's just a horrific name. But anyway, and then Rory's obviously 180. The man throws more 180s than Luke Littler does these days. Um, <laughs> saying that the live lads should just be allowed back on the PJ Tour with no consequences. But like Rory saying that, I think if you read between the lines, it just shows that a deal between the PJ Tour and the PIF and the Deep World Tour is, you know, is imminent. Probably could well be before the end of the week as well. Yeah, there's lots of stuff to chew the fat on, I suppose. You're hitting... The big one was Tyrrell Hatton moving. Like, he's been talked about for a long, long time. Um, it was strange how it was received online. Like, it's mad being so American-centric, a lot of the coverage that we get, like... They're kind of 50-50, half of them are like, ah, it won't make a difference. Like, he's he's top 20 in the world. It'll make a massive difference, I think, uh, on things. But what do you think, Mark? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I'd say you're, like, your average kind of European tour player around sort of or Hatton's ranking going, like, would barely even raise an eyebrow in the States. But Hatton's got that volatile, on-course nature that's, like, I mean, he's good. He's good to watch. Uh, he he, annoy, he annoys me <laughs> a lot of the time on on course with his antics and everything. But I still I still enjoy it when the camera cuts to him and he is going mad and throwing clubs and swearing and uh, sticking his fingers up at lakes and all that sort of crack. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of the Yanks seem to really seem to really enjoy that. So, so yeah, I'd say the Hatton's Hatton going was a bigger story than somebody else of a similar stature may have been um but it's I mean, again it's i guess no he's no surprise he's going i mean he's very close with ram um we've kind of we kind of knew that and, and anybody that didn't know that probably found it out around the Ryder cup when um they were kind of always paired together and commentators would have been talking about how close they were and everything so i mean once ram went hatton was kind of like the you know the logical next domino to fall really so no major surprise 
No, no major surprise, but like reading into the press conferences yesterday, I thought uh, JT Justin Thomas was a little. He's a little disingenuous with his, like, oh, you know, they haven't got their targets and it's not as big as they were making it out to be. Like, they have signed some huge names. They mightn't be huge in JT's, like, but, like, pretty much everyone they've signed are ahead of JT on the ranking. So I take what he said with a pinch of salt. Like, uh, he's well down there relying on sponsors' invites to get into this <laughs> week's uh, Makey Uppy event. But, yeah, like, to get John Ram, Tyrrell Hatton, Moronk, Lucas Herbert, even, like, a big one. Caleb Surratt is a big one for me as well when they're going and they're targeting that sort of player at live and getting, like the up-and-coming amateurs and stuff like that and putting them on contracts and putting them onto a good team as well. Um, yeah, it, it all adds up really well. And I, I think it has been a really good off-season for Liv when you just take those five players we've named out and then you look at, like, Liv Golf Promotions. Yeah, they didn't get the big names they wanted. Uh, they got Kieran Vincent, who's joining Legion X, but then... Um, Samuia that uh, won the qualifier joins the cliques and then Kazuma is the third one that, that got in on that so they didn't get the big names they wanted on that but they got some good storylines on journeymen pro who have been around the block looking to do it and yeah like it's you look at other players that they're linked with like they've well they've got Hudson Swafford coming in Laurie Cantor coming in there's still a bit of talk around uh Anthony Kim as well on both sides like there's no space for him in this event but wouldn't surprise me if they go pulling the trigger on something else big as well I I think it's been a very good off season for Liv and looking into like the AT&T in Pebble Beach it's normally not something I would get up for uh, or go out of my way to watch I'd watch it for the golf course a lot more but I'm more interested to watch it this year because I think they've binned off Bill Murray so I'm happy with that. He's gone. And it's only a two-day um, pro-am field. So you'll get a lot more golf viewable at the weekend. But I'm, I'm very interested to watch. Be interested to hear with you guys. I, I'm very interested to watch live at Mayakoba this week. Just to see. Like, it's a big field. Um, yeah, they have a lot more big names there. And, I'm yeah, it's actually got my attention this time. Yeah, I I wanted to see Ansi Kim announced somewhere in the middle of all this but uh, i agree with what you're saying pete it's been a good uh sort of winter period for the lads over at live like um outside around they didn't really sign any big targets but if you're a european golf fan like we all are it's been pretty bad for us like losing hatton losing moronk as i'm sure we will in the next 24 hours when that's announced losing lucas herbert like um, they're all good Irish Open men you know all three of them were very good to play in the Irish Open over the last few years um, like while they haven't gone and got their big players they're certainly stripping away at the I suppose second and third tier players which you know leaves a lot of your mandatory run of the male tournaments going to pretty much nothing really they're almost unwatchable when you lose these types of players so um, yeah look will I watch live this week probably not but um, intrigued to see how Hatton gets on because, like Mark said, I'll miss him. I was a, I was a big Terrell Hatton fan, if not for the golf, just for the antics. Yeah, and we've lost a lot of guys like that. But I suppose lost. I don't think loss is a good word for like a Terrell the way uh, he's gone across. Back. They'll be 100%. back. hundred percent. Like back. <laughs> they, they will be playing the main. De- like you know, we'd Joaquin Neiman playing a couple of weeks ago in Dubai and stuff like that. These lads all have eligibility and and. Uh, 
rankings on the DP World Tour. Whatever the PGA Tour want to do, I think these guys will still be um, mixing it in around all the main European Tour events. Like, there's no question, like, Tyrrell and John Ram. Like, when you hear the messaging, like you say, we'll get into Rory now in a minute as well on, on what he was saying, but... Um, when you hear the messaging coming out from those players, there's no doubt in my mind that they have gotten assurances from the like of Luke Donald that, listen, yeah, you won't be getting ranking points in the foreseeable future, but if your stats add up like they did for Brooks Koepka um, uh, last year for trying to make the US Ryder Cup team, if your stats add up, you're going to get a pick and that's it. So it's it's just all it's doing is narrowing the, f- like narrowing the field of the wildcard picks that... Uh, Donald's gonna have because there's no question about it. Like Tyrrell Hatton and John Ram are one of the first two names you stick down in the next Ryder Cup list. So uh, they're going to the um the next Ryder Cup one way or the other. It's just how things pan out between now and then. Yeah, Ram going Ram going open the door for for everybody else. Once like there's there's no way he's not going to be part of that Ryder Cup team. And then if if Hatton is good enough to make it, uh, there's no way you can pick Ram and then leave Hatton out of it, you know. So, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, and it's I right, hundred percent, what you said. It's yeah, um, it's right what I they're do, doing. Yeah, like, it is. It is like, right. It is right. You know, and but it'll like someone that won't be happy with the messaging that's coming out now. Like the the only one really of the others that I really care about. Like Garcia will be looking at this going right. The messaging's all changed now on this. Um, he is not going to be happy when he sees the like a Rory and all them coming out and saying, "Oh, he has to go. They have to go." Like on the same basis, Garcia should have been considered for the last Ryder Cup. But I suppose timing is everything in this. And like it would not surprise me though as an olive branch if Garcia ends up being a vice captain in the next Ryder Cup, which opens the door then again for your Poulters and Westwoods and uh, Stenson and all them to uh, get involved at some stage in the Ryder Cup down the line. So like from everything you've heard from the DP World Tour, European Tour from players up to this is not like right up to the Ryder Cup, even Rory, like these lads can't be around the team room. It's we've moved on and that's it now. Now the narrative has changed and, uh, you know, opinions have changed and Rory is reflective of that and what he is saying as well. But uh, Ryder Cup questions are going to be interesting from our side. But they also left under different circumstances. I mean, Garcia yeah. left burning down the house behind him when he did. Um, I mean, Ram, when he left, said, you know, talked about how much he loved the PGA Tour, how much he, about how much he wanted to still play on the PGA Tour, but how tough the decision was to make. Everything like that. He, he said all the right things. Uh, Garcia, was, what was he? he was like, he was like, I can't, can't wait to get off this piece of shit tour. You're all fucked. Something like that. Words, yeah, yeah, words yeah. to that effect when he left. As he was like, kicking a bunker senseless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so not exactly an apples to apples comparison. Like, but you know, with Garcia's connections, like Ram has made it quite clear, even throughout the Ryder Cup, he was talking to Garcia daily, looking for stuff. I do think there will be an olive branch leaned out. Like, it would not surprise me if one of the live guys, I would say Garcia's front of the queue, uh, will be involved in the next Ryder Cup on the management team. Because you need someone that's there with the guys all the time as well. We've two of our 12 players are playing live full time. 
who's to say there's not going to be another one um, that makes his way on and qualifies, does whatever. So yeah, it, it's it's going to be very interesting times over the next few months. But I do think the European Tour is a lot more open to change and looking at how this is evolving and working out they seem a lot more open to this than the PGA Tour they just seem still to be burying their head in the sand as such and and just plowing on more the same yeah like it would be good to see the lads on live you know come to play in Europe I know some of them still can like that would just boost the DP World Tour as a brand as and as a watchable watchable product for them, as far as the Ryder Cup goes, I think there's no doubt that something has to change with the uh, qualification criteria. Like, Europe doesn't have as much of a depth pool as America. Like, can America afford to leave Brooks Koepka off the Ryder Cup team in 2025? Probably. Can Europe afford to leave Ram and Hatton out? Definitely not. Yeah. No, it says a lot as well. The, the, the ball frogs are dead now as well. Boston Common, that's the end of them, lads. Uh, like I, I don't think I think contractually I don't think uh, Lord Tyrell can play for. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna call these the Thundercats now. Yeah, anyone that hasn't seen like so was it Legion Thirteen is the actual name. Legion Thirteen, yeah. yeah. So anyone I don't know you're probably a bit young for this now, Ronan. But like Mark will remember the Thundercats, and uh, yeah, if you go look up the Thundercats logo, look up the logo. It's gas. If only if I had the video skills to go on. I was looking at the team song last night. I was like, I'd love to be putting heads onto these lads and moving it around. John Ram calling them all with the sword and Tyrrell coming legging it and all the. <laughs> it'll be it'll be funny, but yeah, it is very like it. So yeah, they're they're called the Thundercats now. That's it. Good enough. Happy with that. Yeah, I still, have, I still have a Lionel figure up at my parents' house. Every time my nephew's up there, uh, he always gets it out and plays. He's only, he's only got one, le- one leg left now, but uh, <laughs> he's still going strong. No, but it's, uh, yeah, it'll be a strange one now at the TGL just to see how they restructure that because um, I think for the same reasons that uh, John Ram withdrew wasn't able to do both teams Tyrrell Hatton will be the same and they're the guys as well you know the that's Fenway Sports Group backing that as well sort of Boston Common own that team and they're the main investors that uh, Boston Investment Group that are getting involved with the PGA Tour as well and looking at that and I like I found it very strange that at such a last minute if these guys are meant to be all getting into bed together and doing a deal for long-term deal for coexisting working together and coming up with a template like that that Tyrrell Hatton was so last minute getting signed doesn't really speak volumes that these guys are on the best of terms like they're still player poaching and looking at paying players to get in so uh, I do know there is there's something coming up this Friday some sort of an announcement from Jay Monaghan uh I don't think it's what we're all going to expect it to be. That it's more, yeah, we're we're still ironing things out. We're still working things through. And from what I'm hearing, 2024 and 2025 are going to be quite similar years. Uh, working towards a 2026 all coming together type thing. So um, it's Jay, not going to be. Jay would go well on the FAI, I think. 70 yeah. days to replace Stephen Kenny. Oh yeah. no, we're still, look, we're still identifying the candidate. That's Jay. Yeah, it's gas, because I know someone flying to London yesterday morning, actually, and Gus Boyd was behind them on the plane. 
uh, <laughs> flying back from Dublin. Like he's like they must have had a load of lads in yesterday for interview. And like anyone that went to the airport just watches like people coming in and out. They would have spotted whoever was over. But yeah, be interesting. Yeah, uh, the word is the claps. Claps throwing his hat into the ring. <laughs> Don't mention the war, poor Ronan. He's still crying. <laughs> still not over it. I'm glad we got Monday's pod to be postponed. I could have a couple more days to to mourn and reflect. She can get Stephen Kenny now. It'll be grand for the Liverpool job. It'd be fine. Get Stan. Stan. Get Stan back in. Uh, but no, it'll be it'll be interesting from a business point of view. Just hitting back on that. Um, I think the PGA Tour were kind of gung ho about trying to get American investment in behind and not to have Piff coming in and pretty much owning or investing a lot more than everybody else. And uh, yeah, they still seem to be on different paths strategically, the boat tours. So um, I think Liv are just flexing signing player like this. It makes more sense that they've come in uh, last minute and took Tyrrell, who was, there's no question about it, was one of the top names on their hit list as well to get in the off season. So uh, once Ram was secured. So yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting times, but I, I just don't see, I don't see what, like everyone's waiting for this big announcement on they're going to work together and they'll have a proper framework and this is how that'll work, this is how that'll work. This is going to take years by the sounds of it, by the sound of stuff in the background. They already have their 2024, both of them seasons done. They're looking at 2025 already. PGA Tour have loads of their stuff tied up already. I'm assuming Liv do. If Liv can get out the gate and get a proper broadcast partner like if sky sports uh or the golf channel or someone pick up on live now as part of these negotiations which i'm sure they'll be leaning on that's going to be game changing as well and that kind of needs to happen in the next couple of months just to legitimize this even further but like they couldn't have a better product considering what mickelson did a couple of years ago if you were to fast forward to this it would have been so interesting to see if Mickelson didn't open his mouth to Shipnook what way it would have been now like how far but like I think where they are now they're very very happy they just need to get a TV deal yeah I mean I but I but I wrote about this yesterday um it's amazing how quiet their PR machine is outside of the you know Outside of like just the rumors that are kind of largely spreading amongst other golf media outlets, um, I mean, I went on Liv's website yesterday, and like the, you know, this was prior to the Ram team being officially announced, and their uh, their press release on that was a little bit. <laughs> I mean, we could go into that later on as well. No, go on, get stuck in now because it was it was absolute. Yeah, it was bullshit. Totally it's bullshit. just written that like they're trying to oh god I don't even I don't even want to go there it's just so <laughs> terribly written um it's so cheesy so like it's it's, it's pathetic really and that's kind of what been what their entire PR campaign has been I mean two days out from the from their tournament starting or their season starting like none of these names had been announced. But look, like we Adrian Moronk, we all know Adrian Moronk has gone there, has has signed. Like he has to be in. Like the tournament starts Friday. What days today? Wednesday. The tournament starts Friday, so like he has to be in Mexico 
uh, like preparing for the tournament at this stage. He's in. He's in the. He's in the betting as well. He's twenty-two to one. So yeah. surely the, bookie, the bookies know something that we don't. <laughs> but if you go on to the cliques, like on the, the cliques player page on their cliques team page on their website, you just have poor Mar- Martin Kamer and Blandy standing stand there. You know, just the two of them. There's no like. They, like, why are they not shouting this stuff from the rooftops? Yeah. Like, why are, they, why are they not chronic. hyping up? Like, they're the PR, and they're go, and they're not going up against. Uh, like last year, they started their year and went up against, um, like one of the, the shitty PGA Tour events. You know, one of the one, one of the ones that had none of the big names at. I mean, they were targeting those sort of events to go up against. This year, they're going up against the big guns. This year, it's against Pebble Beach, a signature event when all the other, all the best players of the PGA Tour are going to be playing. And there's nothing coming from their, like them on the promotional side of it. I mean, you're, you're saying you're going to, you want to tune in and watch Live this week, but you work in the, you work in golf media, you're like well tuned into what's going on. For any, for any casual fan, do, do any of them know that Live's happening this week? Well, not even know that's happening. I, I don't even know where I'm going to watch it. I know I want to watch it, but, like, I, I don't know. Is it still streaming on YouTube? i seen they signed a deal with Movistar in Spain during the week. I Like, I've no idea. Do we have to download the app again this year? Do we, like, that's the missing piece of the jigsaw for them. But, no, I agree with you. For, it's a PR shit show from Liv. Yeah. Like, it's mad that it's the, it's the first time they've reached a tipping point that the product is actually better than the marketing of the product now. And unless they come up with ways of getting their messaging better, yeah, people just won't be arsed. But I, I do think if they go about it the right way, they now have the field and the teams. They will get attention now. They will get not just public's attention, they will get sponsors' attention now at this stage that they're getting. So I, I think this will be a good year for Liv. But that's, a, but that's another thing on the, like, I mean, to get, like, they're, they're talking about how much interest are in you know people are people are looking to invest in our teams people are going mad for merchandise for our teams and John Ram didn't even have a team officially until yesterday again two days before the tournament starts like if if the merchandise the t-shirts the hats the they're all done whatever though. like that legion 13 oh, they'll all, that was set they'll up all be done ago, yeah. but i mean yeah. they'll all be done but like your on your on the ground sales of stuff is only the tip of the iceberg compared to what your online yeah. market can be and everything. If things are if things are done right, it's it's just it's baffling for how much money they've spent that they haven't like squirreled a little bit of a way and say, yeah. let's just get a decent a decent public relations team in and and if they did that, then they have the capabilities of completely blowing the PGA Tour and DP World Tour and everybody out of the water altogether. And sorry, okay, rant over. <laughs> no, it is a bit of a shit show, like, but it, it like, they, they, no, they're they're set up well. I, I think it will be a good year, but uh, yeah, we could like, I don't know where. Is there any other live angles you want to go at? Like, we'll just we'll judge it when we see it now over the weekend. But is there anything else that you that that struck out stuck out from? Uh, any of the press releases or any of the stuff? Uh, well, I also looks like they're go ahead. children, like all the all the colors and everything. Like they're they're hard to navigate your way through them. I just think they're a tough read, and that's something else they need to look at as well. It's just very, I don't know, it's just tacky and a bit gunky, and it's just ugh, you know, 
they're making it up as they go along. Like, you can t- you can tell this. they're making it up as they're going along. Like they're they're literally going from one day to the next. They have a they have a vision, but they've no plan as to how to get there. No, no. But uh, like yeah, in their third year, you think they would have sorted that out. Like they're basics. Like <laughs> this isn't that yeah. hard. Yeah, no, I, I described it yesterday. Like they're, it's it's like they're operating on transfer deadline day. I says the only the only difference is there's no Harry Redknapp talking through the talking through the car window, and there's nobody waving around a blue dildo in the background. <laughs> Peter Adam Wingy or whatever turning up at the gates <laughs> of Mayakoba. Any any chance of a start, lads? Um, right, we'll move on from the live stuff then on PGA Tour. It's obviously signature event week, uh, huge week. Before we look at that, we'll look, I suppose, back on the last week. Uh, it was pretty interesting tournament at Tory Pines over the weekend. I miss, I like, I watched bits and pieces of the highlights, missed it because I was over at the golf show in Florida. But yeah, it, it seemed like a crazy finish. Before, before you go, Pete, a bit of breaking news: Moronk and Lucas Herbert have just been announced by Liv. Just as yeah. we're talking about it, should we said yeah, that? Out, you're honest, gas. <laughs> Shock horror. Shock horror, exactly. The PR machine is is flying. Um, Moronk Moronk is going to the cliques and Lucas Herbert's obviously joining the Aussies at Ripper GC. Yeah. Is this pod going out live? They must must have been listening. It should be. (laughs) Clip this, clip this. We had them. uh, No, last last week on the PJ Tour, I missed the final round, unfortunately, but I did watch a good bit the first three days, simply because... There was a good European presence in it, which I found, you know, very entertaining and very interesting. It drew me to actually watch it because this is one of the PJ Tour events, which over the years has been pretty big. But this year wasn't because of the signature event going to the AT&T this week. So this was lacking a lot of star quality. But, and you know, you got Pavon up there, who obviously won. Nikolai Hogard, your man, Stephen Yeager. And Thomas a tree for I don't know how for love nor money is he ever going to win something like but <laughs> um, I just thought it was a potential window into what the PJ Tour could look like with the signature events going forward like you got your non-signature events that have always been big events but now won't have the depth of field going forward and now we've got the influence of live as well so fields are getting weaker as they go along in these things so I think there is an opportunity for the Europeans who got their PJ Tour cards to maybe do what Pavon did and start getting a win or two because the opportunity is there. Like you're only competing against maybe one or two of the top players in the world. And then other players who are just at your level as well are going to be playing. So I think there is a chance for, unfortunately, I would have said Moronk before he'd gone, but there is a chance for the next Hogard, you know, a Pavon again, a Bobby McIntyre to maybe go and get a PJ Tour win. Yeah, no, it was it was good to see um the model. it's good to see that they're actually getting so much. I didn't think the ten cards that went over would get as much opportunity early. And like they've been up there, they've done really well. Like even to like a Nikolai, like another runner up finish on the PJ tour, but like he was in Dubai the week before and flew straight from Dubai out to California um and teed it up in this For event. For a Wednesday and, start as well. Yeah, for a Wednesday start. That's like it is insane the globe trotting that he had to do to get there and still has it to finish uh second we we were on for a uh high guard one two uh on both sides of the atlantic at one stage like uh with rasmus doing well in the dp world tour as well no but it's, i'm i'm very impressed like it was 
some some of the shots that were pulled off were just clutch down the stretch. Like Pavon had it in his hands, looked as though he'd thrown it away, and then pulled some absolute worldies out. Uh, so close, and these are names that like the American golf public, I'm sure, are well peeved off when they see guys like Nikolai and Pavon and Thomas Detry and stuff like that coming across and actually doing damage because the way they look at the European tours, ah, yeah, we're giving these lads 10 cars, but they're never going to feature in anything. Like, they're not good enough. Uh, they're not as good as our homegrown players. But, like, there's a real international flavour that these guys are all going over there. And rightfully so. They're, they're some of our top 10 players that are otherwise don't have a PGA Tour card that are going across and getting a chance to dual fight it out both sides of the Atlantic. But they're going in there and they're mixing it and they really are going to do damage across the season, some of them. Yeah, it's funny. I don't think when the 10 cards were announced, you look through maybe three or four of the names, would anyone who watches the DP World Tour have missed Pavon going over to the PGA Tour? I don't think so. But now he's a, a PGA Tour winner and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, looking at the event in Bahrain this week. Kind of wish Pavon was playing, really, to be honest, and Rio Hitsatsune and Bobby Mack and these guys. So, um, not fair play to him. The third shot into 18 was outrageous, like, under that pressure. So, good on yeah. him. No, I was serious. Um, did, did you see any of the controversy about uh, his his lie on that, on that third shot to 18? No, I didn't. I saw a couple of videos doing the rounds of him uh, of him. Tra- treading very close to his ball apparently you now the ball was the ball was buried in the in the rough so you can't actually you can't actually see exactly where his ball is but he's he's walking around but and then just kind of takes an exaggerated big step and seems to put quite heavy pressure on on like a, he wasn't walking in a normal fashion let's say he just <laughs> kind of took a step out of his line and seemed to put a lot of pressure on it and Moved away again, and there's a lot of uh, <laughs> the old Patrick Reed <laughs> moonwalk around the ball. A lot of suggestions yeah. that he was just fluffing his lie a little bit, or sticking <laughs> ah, mat French, patting down the grass behind it. A French sports person accused of cheating? Nah, never. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Uh, no, it was a great win though. And like the Irish in the field as well. Uh, how did Seamus get on? All right, did he? Seamus missed the cut oh, for the fifth week in a row, Pete, on at, at the Tory Pines. So uh, fair play to you. No, I didn't. That's, I, that's like I said, there, that's, that's up there with Siwoo Kim now. A couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no, I meant I, I didn't mean result. Like injury wise, he's back playing. Like he he took the previous week off. Uh, like I did. I didn't follow any of it. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm as new to that result as you. <laughs> um, no, yeah, look, it was a, it was a missed cut for Seamus. A bit of a forgettable week, but. Uh, Look, Pavon may have got the trophy, but Larry stole the show. Let's be real. The Albatross. <laughs> Albo. <laughs> Albo. <laughs> no, it was seriously good. But I did see Seamus Power, though, was introduced onto the uh, PAC advisory board uh, for... I, I don't like, actually know what they do. Like, looking at the stuff, they kind of... Um, they advise and consult with the PGA Tour policy board and directors headed by Jay Monaghan on issues. So he was... Larry stepped away from that and he's stepping into that. It's good to keep it uh, keep the Irish link going there, but um yeah, I don't I don't think it's gonna be particularly big news in general. Yeah, he's gonna gonna sit in the boardroom a couple of couple of times a month probably. Um a lot of it's a lot of that player advisory council, it's the players are supposed to go to them if they've got 
issues and they then take it to the board that kind of thing and then they relay issues to the players it's kind of like a i think it's a a lot of it's kind of like an intermediary kind of kind of thing so don't be don't be basically uh Stephen Yeager, don't don't you be texting Jay Monahan straight away. You go to Seamus Power and Seamus Power will bring it to uh, uh, Peter Malnati and you know that sort of. I yeah, think that's, that's a thing. lot so of what it is. The guys on the advisory council: see Sam Burns, Lanto Griffin, Nick Hardy, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Mackenzie Hughes, Keith Mitchell, Grayson Murphy, or Grayson Murray. Jesus, he'll be good crack. Uh, Seamus Power, Scotty Scheffler, Adam Shank, Kevin Streelman, Nick Taylor. Just Teeter, uh, Justin Thomas, and Camillo Viegas. So, and it says Streelman and Viegas have been selected uh, by the player directors to run for the PAC chairman as well. Uh, who's this kind of two-year thing that uh, they do? So Jordan Speed stepped down from that on the as a player director on the policy board. They serve three-year terms, actually, looking at the thing. So uh, the players that are still in that are Pat Cantley, Peter Malinati, Adam Scott, Webb Simpson, and Tiger. So, yeah, strange one. But, yeah, no, fair play to Seamus getting stuck in. Um, yeah, but Larry, Larry was good, The uh, like the Albatross. He's done that a couple of, like, well, Albatross, he chipped in the week before as well on the last hole uh for eagle to miss the cup by a shot but yeah he's getting fond of sticking it in the bin from a fair bit out yeah he's getting a lot of grandstands up on their feet so um lucky it was a shame he obviously needed a top five finish last week to get into this week in the signature event and after round one it looked like he was going to be in contention going into the weekend and just never got going at all after that which is you know kind of how it's been going for more the last 12 months really but um, hopefully, like, there is good golf in there, obviously, with the Eagle and the Albatross. So uh, going forward now, he needs a couple of events to play to get into the Genesis uh, next month. So hopefully he can, he can do that. Play his way in, yeah, exactly. Um, on the DP World Tour then, with uh, Torbjorn claiming another win. Yeah, this was pretty boring. I didn't, didn't watch a whole lot of this now, to be <laughs> honest. But uh, look, McKibben, solid again. Uh, 16th place, like, uh, made all of his five cuts so far on the Deep World Tour, up to the top 40 now on the race to Dubai, I think. Uh, look, he's going really, really well. I thought he would contend to win, actually, last week, but um, just didn't quite get the putts over the four days. It was a shootout, really. Um, but it was also good to see Harrington make it to the weekend as well. Obviously, he's been battling illness and all sorts of things. Um, he kind of faded away over the weekend, but uh, good to see him make a cut. Um, he's not playing this week now, but um, yeah, it was positive, but um, it's concerning to see this week we've no Irish playing at all in Bahrain, which is one of the lower-ranked DP World Tour events. Like This is worth speaking about, to be honest, and it should be concerning to everybody who wants to see Irish golf do well. Like There's no one inside the top 50 playing this week in Bahrain, and we can't even get a player in. Now, granted, McKibben's taking a well and rest, so like he's in the comfortable position where he doesn't have to play this week, but to not have anybody, you know, come in behind him to build a void is pretty concerning, and it's not the first time it's happened this year either. This is the second time. Yeah, I seen you put a piece up online already. Got some traction, like, and you're right. Like, we can't be hanging our hopes off a 21 year old uh, to be going and playing every single week, you know. And and Tom is taking a well earned break, but like, I see there's three of the lads out in the challenge tour this week down in South Africa, but. 
yeah it is it is uh it is a concern when you've uh this like let's there's no making no qualms about it like it's a it's a tier b tier c european tour event and we can't get anybody into the field which is concerning when when our top boys are across in the states we're like a division four team you can't get a win in the Tartan cup either <laughs> less said about that stuff the better <laughs> not a good start to the national league no, no speak for yourself. we moved <laughs> and we're speak all division yourself. two men yeah we're all division two men i forgot that yeah, yeah I forgot. welcome welcome down to division two the man from Donegal. Crushing, a crushing victory over cork and valdo buffet yeah fortress valdo buffet is back <laughs> jimmy's winning matches um but yeah no it is it is concerned like i don't know where like what do you blame for it like a lot of people made some good points on that thread as well like saying about uh is it a golf ireland problem is it a development problem is it a transition problem uh, like are these guys playing the right style of events as amateurs like there's so many like rabbit holes you can go down exploring why it is that these guys are not kicking on because the talent is there like the I, I think the talent is there it's just it's not translating from amateur to professional but like it's a tough profession it's it's so it's so grueling now to try and make your way in professional golf that the margins are so fine um it's it's mad like even over in orlando last week like i bumped into um bumped into Cormac Sharvin over there like and just got chatting to him briefly like he hasn't played since September October and no like no outlook on what a schedule looks like this year what he's going at or anything like that like it's sad to see guys like that um like not still out there and being supported and put out there with starts and uh, and what have you to to try and plow on because I suppose the stats show as well. The longer you stick with guys like that, and the 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 longer you invest in guys, it doesn't happen overnight. Like it doesn't. It's not a one, two, three year thing. Like a lot of guys find that maturity. It takes them a while, and then they kick on. So, uh, it it's it's a tough one to put your finger on as to why we've no one out there this week. Yeah, you could be here all day chatting about this now in reality, but like looking at the comments on social media over the. Uh, Colin I wrote, people are going back as far as investing in schools, golf. Um, I think personally at amateur level we seem to be doing quite well. I mean, I think 16 Walker Cuppers, I think over the last uh, 10, 11, 12 years or so is pretty good going. I could be four on it last year. Um, we just don't seem to be kicking on from amateur level to pro level, like something's maybe missing. It is, of course, a lot harder now to make the grade given that the European tour, as it was known, is now the DP World Tour and it's a world tour now it's such a global game like we have players from Scandinavia punching above their weight you know the UK is still strong you have South Africa Australians you have players from Asia now so it's like it's not like I'm expecting us to have 10-15 players on the DP World Tour like we would have had a decade ago but you know to not even have one player playing this week is that's a real cause for concern yeah, and I, 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 if there was a few good points made in that thread as well about like the style of golf we play as an amateur, be it the format, uh, that it's like a lot of match play, a lot on links, anything can happen in that sense, and we should be playing a little bit more on the continent where it's more stroke play, parkland, and that's what ninety nine percent of the tour stops are. Like professional golf is a parkland test; it's not, 
there's not really much links to be played out there you know there's uh, two events a year that's it so it's, yeah um, yeah it, like, there was there links, was a lot of good points links golf it, it gets you to learn how to grind out a score but i suppose playing part-time golf you learn how to shoot your 64s and your 65s but then on the flip side of that like we play so many links courses here because we have some of the best things courses in the world and you know speaking to the irish amateurs over the last couple of years you know they've obviously a lot of friends from the uk who come over to play and they're so they look over at us in envy over the courses and the schedule that we have so yeah do you want to do you want to lose that from the amateur schedule i don't think so to be honest but then yeah, you've no. got so many of them going through the u.s college system as well you know where obviously there's no links golf over there they're all playing all playing parkland style courses all playing against high quality opposition for you know for nine months of the year um and they're still not still not kind of making that step up to the next grade um Maybe maybe we will have one or a couple start to come through in the next couple of years, and we can we're kind of looking back on this, going, you know, maybe it was just a kind of a a little bit of an anomaly period. You know, you have you know you have peaks and valleys. Um, to channel Connor Moore when he's doing Justin Rose's impression. Um, so hopefully this is just this is just a valley. Hopefully, hopefully things change over the next couple of years. But I don't I don't quite by the there's too much links links golf on the thing and everything it's now as maybe a minor contributory factory factor yeah but as a as a you know a major thing which needs to change then no i wouldn't i wouldn't agree with that yeah i do it definitely does and i know you're working on stuff the last while ronan as well like the one common denominator across when you look at other countries and how they go about that transition like there's no question about it Gulf Ireland doing an unbelievable job and Neil Manship what he has done and delivered over the last uh, decade and a half has been phenomenal like the success but it does need it 100% does need a link into the pro game um, from the amateur and like whatever that is or how that make up how that comes about like I, I don't know I don't have the answers to that but like we're pumping a lot of taxpayers money into golf over the last decade like tens of millions and it just doesn't seem it works on an amateur level but it doesn't translate into new professional talent that is supported well enough to actually sustain something for four five six years until they actually find their feet I don't know we need to look at a more long term um, model of rather than the two or three years of the grant system as it is now but there's so many players coming through it's who do you pick who do you support who do you stick with when's the cutoff point like there, there's so many variables to it and uh, but it does need someone who's been there done that on tour knows the pitfalls uh, to sort of join the dots and, and, and help these guys out on the uh, the journey that they're looking at you know yeah, like there's lessons to be learned for the next few years because you'd be afraid that this could translate now into the women's pro game. Like we've Lauren Walsh, who's obviously making her uh, first LET tour start next week, I think. But uh, we have a lot of really, really good young amateurs coming through in the women's game, as we all know. So I think there's lessons to be learned to make sure that we don't lose you know, those players when they go and turn pro as well. 
Yeah, no, there's, there are some big problems to tackle, you know, for um, uh, both the elite amateur and uh, into the professional ranks over the next couple of years. But, no, it'll be interesting. But, uh, no, it was, like you said, good to see McKibben having a decent week and Harrington back into form on the DP World Tour anyway. So, where do we go from here, lads? Uh, the best tournament of the week was on the LPJ Tour, lads. Don't know about you, but this was, this was gas crack. Like, obviously, Leona Maguire and Steph Meadow made the cut didn't really feature at all, move on. Um, so I was watching the back nine on Sunday and Nelly Corda's trying to get her first win since November 2022. She had a four-shot lead into the final round and then she just went to absolute pieces. Bogey, double bogey, bogey. Uh, Lydia Cole nearly puts it in the water, gets an outrageous bounce, sets up a tapping eagle on 17 to go three ahead. So I turn it off. I'm like, right, this is done. Uh, watch the Sunday game, watch them all lick Jim McGuinness's hole for about half an hour. And then I get a notification off Sky Sports saying um, Nelly Corda finishes Eagle Birdie to force a playoff. And I was like, oh my God, how was that possible? Because for the two hours that I watched, the quality was awful. It was just nerves, misputs from absolutely everybody. And then, of course, when I turn it off, it explodes into life. And Lydia Cole uh, needed to win to get into the Hall of Fame, and she three footed the second playoff hole. And Nelly got up and down from the back of the green. Like, the the quality of the golf wasn't great. But Jesus Christ, the entertainment and the tension was unbelievable. Yeah, you tend to get that a lot with the LPGA. Like, you get some serious finishes. Like, just nervy finishes, you know. That's that's just a standard. But you would not expect that from Corda and Co. To have nervy finishes like that. But no, it was really, really good to see. Um, you're... You're heading out to the home of golf as well soon, Ronan. I am, yeah. Off to see how Stevie G is getting on with the boys. Off to Riyadh. See, I seen an invite see, come into see. the office there the other day. So he's see, off to Riyadh in a couple of weeks for the Aramco. So is that um, is that Lauren Wal- Lauren Walsh is in the field for that, isn't she? She is, yeah. Herself and Leona are playing that week. So that'll be, that'll be good. That's the second week in Feb, I think, is it? Second week in Feb. Bit of sunshine. I haven't seen it in about seven months. Off to Saudi Arabia for Valentine's Day. No better man. <laughs> no better place to be. <laughs> no better place to be. We got no public signs of affection now or anything like that. But no, that'll be no. an interesting week. It'll be interesting. Uh, I told you we'd get you to Riyadh. I told you it'd be live. But like, yeah, Aramco, next best thing. Aramco's the next best thing, yeah. Hopefully there'll, there'll be a good field. I know, it should, it should be good. Um, right, there was, on the amateur side of things, we... Uh, the octagonal match as well. We got close. We got close. Yeah, this was a, a good effort from a young team, to be fair. And obviously just narrowly beaten by Italy in the final. But like there are some standout performances. Obviously, Sean Keeling and Jack Murphy dovetailed well. Fionn Dobbin was kind of the star of the show on the first day. And then you had David Shield and Jack Hearn, the experienced guys who really played well um, in the knockout stages. So, um, look... Second place, like it's obviously, I'm sure they'll be disappointed, but for such a young team to go over there and equip themselves so well was very encouraging. Yeah. And, and then we, after that. we had the Portuguese ladies uh, amateur last week as well. And so Annabelle Wilson and Emma Fleming got top 10 finishes. Uh, good to see Annabelle doing well again. Like she's been off the boil for the last couple of years but recently she's just been starting to resurface again and looks to be you know getting back in her stride well that's good to see any other any other mute points lads 
Well, that's all I have. <laughs> I've been ready for this since Monday. <laughs> yeah, and I was and I was in Rome all week, so uh, I I saw no golf. I followed very little golf. I'm <laughs> hold my hands up. Right, we get into heroes and villains. Then I don't know, uh, like. I don't know if he's a hero or a villain this week, but he's split a lot of uh, he's split a lot of uh, opinions over the last uh, twenty four hours with his comments on stuff. But Rory McIlroy, uh, kind of doing his full one eighty now on um, these guys should be welcome, and if they have status, let them in. Like I think he's dead right. Uh, I'll, I'll always back Rory anyway, but I'm uh, no he he was right back then in what he was saying. But like things have evolved and things have changed so much. It's good to see that he has the balls to come out and actually not admit he was wrong, but like um, you know just just evolve with his opinions on things, and he's not afraid to come out and actually express them um, at a press conference like that. So like. He is. He has been planting the seed for a number of weeks and going down. I know he kind of piss a lot of people off the way he's just so blunt with it. But um, yeah, he's he's certainly uh, ruffled a few feathers. It's it's mental how much criticism he's getting from various various points for for having a change of mind, like. You know, the ability to change your mind is like is a positive thing. Absolutely. Anybody, anybody that anybody that flat out refuses to change their mind on anything is an idiot. Yeah. It's I mean, it's part of it's part of the reason why there's Donald Trump and Biden are running again for the US presidency and both uh like or well, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, Trump and Biden and neither of the political parties could you know, could possibly see anybody else, you know, as a worthy candidate. Uh like that's just flat out idiocy if you just refuse to change your mind no matter what sort of new evidence or no matter what sort of changes happening you know in times afterwards so i mean whether he's right or wrong is you know that's a debate to have but to criticize him for doing a 180 is you know it's i think it's pretty foolish like yeah no so do i no i totally agree with that like he's He's, um, you know, big enough and bold enough to come out and actually put it on the line and say exactly what he thinks. And, like, of all people, he's the one person that knows exactly what's going on behind the scenes from both sides, from uh, all the tours and the negotiations and where things are going. So he's normally a good man to listen to for the old kite flying and seeing seeing how things are going and, and, and what direction things are going to go in. So... Yeah, fair play to him for having the balls to come out and just address it head on like that. And he knows that his word or his opinion carries enough weight that the fact that he is talking about, you know, by trying to get the game back together again as soon as possible. I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to be he's going to do it single handedly, but he helps push things in a certain direction. And that's that's what we all want to see for the game, for the men's professional game. So him pushing in that direction can only be good for that. Yeah, no, he's a major part of it, bringing everyone back together, right? So heroes, Mark. Right, my hero is Nick Dunlap. For <laughs> obviously, obviously listening to our pod last week and heard the heard all the reasons I gave for him for why you should turn pro and took my advice on board 
made the decision this Done. week. Uh, sent me a, he sent me a, sent me a DM thank, thanking me for the for the help and the <laughs> asking advice. you for the ten million. He said that it'd be, it would be in his bank account the day after. Where's the ten million? I turned pro yesterday. Um, oh, right, I guarantee Roland. you, he has it. <laughs> uh, my hero, my heroes are the French commentators for uh, Mathieu Pavon's win. Did you listen to that? No, <laughs> no. Ah, oh, so good. You should. It'll be on the. It's on. It's on Sky Sports on the app. It's on the PJ Tour. So it's like it's bloody brilliant. It's so good. I couldn't believe actually that he was the first French winner on the uh, PGA Tour. I, I really, I honestly thought that Victor de Buisson had won some events. Like I remember the match play, couldn't remember him losing. I just assumed, I just, my memory had him winning that match play and I, I just couldn't believe that was the first French winner. He, won, he, won, he's not he actually... won our hearts. He won our hearts that week. <laughs> could, have been Greg, could have been Gregory Havre in the US Open against yeah. Schumacher. Yeah, exactly. It's gas, but he's not. He's not actually the first French man to win. Did you? <laughs> some some French guy won the won the Open Championship in nineteen oh nine, and it's credited as a PGA Tour win, even though it happened like sixty years before the PGA Tour was ever a thing. Oh, stop! Well, the way things are going, the next French winner there mightn't be a PGA Tour. So yeah, the stats will be able to win up for that true. as well. Right, villains. So, I mean, my, my villains, I kind of went off, I sounded off on them earlier on. I had them down for villains. I hadn't quite planned to to go on a big rant about the live PR team. But, uh, yeah, they just, they just it just kind of annoyed me this week as, like, how fucking uh, incompetent they are. Like, so that's, I had them down for my villains. And unless, unless, unless somebody else comes to me now in the next 30 seconds, I'll stick with them. <laughs> stick with them. Right, Ronan? Uh, I don't really have any villains, but I suppose if anyone who annoyed me over the last week or so and used both, no, it doesn't take too much. Um, probably the American commentators for the Nelly Corda Lydia Cole playoff. It's talking absolute nonsense, lads. Just so bad. Again, <laughs> as they always are, like, it's just talking absolute shite. I thought you were going to stick Colin O'Rourke down as your villain for the week. No, no, it's too early for that now. Look, too early. We're going up to. We're going off the athletic grounds on Saturday night and we're coming back with two points. You mark my words. <laughs> no, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, Talchin <laughs> Cup specialist, is Um Right, now, I think we'll draw a line under that for this week, lads. Lots of interest in golf to look forward to over the weekend with the AT&T at Pebble Beach and Live Golf Mayakoba kicking off as well as we've Irish on the Challenge Tour and, and plenty of other golf going on. So, Cheers for uh, you for tuning in. Uh, you can keep up to date with all the latest news on irishgolfer.ie, um, on the website or any of our social channels. And outside that, our own events have actually launched as well for this season. So you can check out the website for that. There's going to be um, 18 events in total for the year. So we've plenty of, plenty of golf to look forward to on good courses and some big announcements on additional courses being added into the fold over the next week or so being added there as well so cheers for tuning in cheers lads for joining me and we will chat to you again next week bye